look to you this morning. You are our rock. You are our fortress. You are our firm foundation, Lord. When there is storms around, you are a refuge, Lord. When there's trials and tribulations, you're the one that we can trust. God, you are immovable. You are unchanging. You are unwavering. And you're gracious, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can look to you no matter what things we face. There's a lot of things going on in the world that cause fear, a lot of things that go on in our life that cause fear, Lord, but we look to you, God, because only in you are we safe and secure, Lord. Who can come against you, God? There's no one like you, Lord. No one like you. And Lord Jesus, you conquered death, hell, the grave, and you hold in your hands the keys, Lord, and you are King of kings and Lord of lords. And you are victorious. You are sitting on the throne even right now, Lord. Not one thing happens in our lives. Not one thing happens without your knowledge of it, in your use of it for purposes that are glorifying to you, God. We give you praise, Lord, that you are still on the throne. And that will never change, Lord. Kings will come and go. Kingdoms will come and go. Countries will come and go. Leaders will come and go. But you will remain the same today, forever, as you always have been, Lord. You are God Almighty. Let us lift our hearts and the eyes of our our understanding and our hearts to you, Lord. Let us look to you, God. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Lord, we pray for the people of Ukraine, Lord, that are facing very challenging times, Lord. We pray for our brothers and sisters and the Lord that that are there. We ask, Lord, that you would be their defense, Lord. God, the scripture says that you, you can turn the hearts of kings and of leaders, Lord. And we ask that you would do that and, and not allow any more suffering to go on in that country. And let it be now, Lord, that, that your gospel would proclaim that even in the face of, of, of death, in the face of opposition, that ultimately, Lord, you are our Savior. Saving us, not just from our physical enemies, but from our spiritual enemies, God. And so we pray, Lord, for your will to be done and for you to provide strength and help. Lord, your ear is not uh, too, too small that it can't hear, Lord. You hear the cries of our hearts. You hear the prayers that are going on all around the world. Lord, we ask that you would move, Lord. And more than anything, Lord, we pray for salvation. We pray for souls. Bring more into your kingdom, Father God. 
more that can see who you are and your goodness. And Lord, today there may be things that we face. You know, it's one thing that's going on in the world that causes trouble, but Jesus says, have peace. I give you my peace. Let us look to you, Lord Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Hey, do you mind if we open the back door? Yeah, I'm still, still, I need some air circulation. We're not quite on the verge of being too hot. We got the doors open. So, great worship. Fantastic worship. How's everyone doing? Hello to everyone online. Welcome to Resurrection Church. Hello. Wow. God is good, isn't he? That's where we come. That's where we come, and we we gather, and we 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 participate in in something that the rest of the body of Christ is doing, in in adoring our Savior, and and uh, and reminding who God is, reminding us of who God is, and what He's done. Ah, so it's a great day today. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I don't know about you, but I think um, um, just that, um, just being reminded of who God is, and and every time you read Scripture, you want to read it with the intent of understanding who God is and what He's like, you know? Um, We're going through the book of James, and I'm just going to cover a couple of verses today. Lord willing, we'll, uh, we're, I'm I'm just... uh, Thankful for that, and uh, and so uh, go to James chapter four, <clears throat> and um, I'll read the verses, and then we'll we'll uh, we'll get into uh, into the. We're in James chapter four, and James, of course, is the brother of Jesus, the half brother of Jesus, and James has been trying to teach us about maturity in the faith. James says, "Consider all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith." produces endurance and let that endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect or mature and complete lacking in nothing god often uses trials in our life to bring us to the point of refining our faith of strengthening our faith of looking to him uh, oftentimes we pray lord keep me from trials and that's a good prayer to pray but sometimes he says no i'm going to use this trial in your life okay lord teach me how to rely on you the Christian life is really a, 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 a walk of learning how to become dependent on the Lord moment by moment. Jesus actually lived that way when he walked on this earth. Yes, he was fully God and fully man. Um, but he also taught what the Father taught. He says, the things I say are for the things I hear the Father saying. I do what the Father does because I, I'm, I'm commissioned to, to, uh, to do these works. And so when we think about God and we uh, come to the scripture, we, think about, we want to think about God rightly. And James has been talking about uh, the use of our tongue. And one of the ways to achieve maturity is how we speak, how we talk to people, right? He's, he has, has said this in a couple places in, in the book of James so far, of how we use our tongue. He's talked about in early on, about teachers, let not many of you become te- uh, teachers because we will incur a stricter judgment. 
I take that seriously, as I said last week, you know. In the beginning of this chapter, he says, now why are you guys arguing? What's the source of quarrels? Why is there conflict? And he says, the reason why there's conflict is because there's selfishness. Now we use our tongue. We are, our tongue, as he says, has, is a very powerful instrument to, to direct the course of life. We can bless people or we can cut them down. And the section we're looking at today is the cutting down part. We're going to look at a couple of verses that are about that. So James chapter 4, verse 11 and 12 is really wrong. That's, 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 well, we'll just see what happens, right? Lord, I just pray that you would put your words in my mouth as you told your mind. Do not speak against one another, brethren. He who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge of it. There's only one lawgiver and judge, the one who's able to save and destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Now, those aren't, those aren't really friendly verses. <laughs> they're not, they're not, they're, but there's a lot there. As I think about the nature of God, I think about who he is. He is good, isn't he, right? Amen. Who else would you go to for, for, for supply in life but our good God, right? He gives strength to the weak. When you are feeling discouraged, where do you turn to for encouragement? To our Lord. He is an encouraging God, isn't he? When you're down and out, when you're feeling discouraged, Christ himself is the encourager of our soul, amen? amen. He's the one that, that can build us up, that can, that can, that can restore. He says, he says, I lift up the contrite and humble of heart. In fact, James just got finished tell, teaching us about humility, and James in the previous verse says, humble yourselves before God, right? And he, humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. Our God is a good God. Just, just keep that in mind. When you think about God, think of goodness. Everything we have is from God. God is sufficient. He is self-existent, independent. He is his own source. He, 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 he is the vine. We are the branches, right? We need him more than he needs us. He doesn't need us for anything. But he's ever giving. He's the giving God, isn't he? God so loved the world that he gave his only son, which means that when he gave his son, he didn't, he didn't like, like jip you. <laughs> he gave as much as, God could not give any more than what he gave in his son, Jesus Christ. He's a good God, he's a gracious God, and a very giving and very generous God. When you think about God, you think about his, his knowledge, right? What does God not know? He knows everything about all of us, right? I don't know anything. I just met you, sir. I don't know anything about you, but you have a great smile. Ma'am, I don't know anything about you, but Jesus Christ knows everything about us. He knows our deepest fears. He knows, he knows our wounds. He knows our insecurities. He knows when we put on the veneer to make it look good. Everybody else look good, right? But he knows the struggle, right? He knows the cry of our heart. He knows the places where we hide out, where we retreat to, right? God says, I know you're there. And he's gentle, isn't he? He's, he's got perfect knowledge. There isn't anything that you can add to his knowledge. That's, that must be news to God. No, actually, I knew about that. Didn't that take you by surprise? No, I knew about that too. You mean, how could you pick that man Judas to be one of your 12? 
I knew about that too. See, God is perfect in knowledge. He's also perfect in wisdom, right? He knows what he's doing. I don't know what I'm doing, but he knows what he's doing, right? We ask him for wisdom. We say, Lord, please help me. Please direct my path. Jesus, you're my shepherd. Jesus Christ is the chief shepherd. He's the good shepherd, isn't he, right? Sheep are skittish, aren't we? We're all sheep, right? Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, which means I'm a sheep. And sheep are, let's be honest, sheep are dumb. <laughs> we're, we're dumb. We're easily scared, aren't we? We're easily frightened. We have, sheep don't have a way of protecting themselves. You've seen pictures on the internet with sheep that have too much wool. They get tipped over easily, and they're like, help me, you know? They need to be shaved. They need to be fed. They need to have everything provided for them. That's us. And Jesus Christ is our good shepherd who does that for us. I'm just just in, in awe of who God is. We hang on every word that, that falls from Jesus' lips. Jesus Christ spoke and says, where did this man get these words from? He's the son of a carpenter. How did that happen? Carpenter to preacher, right? But they hung, and all of us hang on the words of Jesus. Lord, we need to hear from you. When you speak, it strengthens our soul, right? That's why when we... When we, when we um, have nowhere else to turn to, we turn to God. When he speaks, he speaks, he speaks kindly, lovingly. Yes, he also does correction as well. But you know, God has a way of correcting you in a way that, that doesn't make you feel you know, like, like you've been knocked down, you know? He has a way of, of graciously saying, hey, let's go this way now. Yes, Lord. Doesn't he? Doesn't he? God is perfect in his knowledge. He's perfect in his wisdom. He's perfect in his love. He's just perfect, isn't he? He's all wise. He's all knowing. He doesn't change. And that's why the words he says, the words we read in scripture, Jesus says, these words point to me. Amen. That's why when James talks about what he just read is, is like a shocker. Because James says, you're not to slander or criticize people. We'll get to what he means by this. Because it's so contrary to who God is. God is not a critical God. God is not a critical God. What do I mean by that? When James says, he who speaks against his brother, the word there is kata laleo, right? Kata means against or down, and laleo is one of two words in Greek that means to speak, right? It means to speak down against. When you kata laleo somebody or speaking against, you're putting him down. You're cutting him off, right? How many guys like to be cut off? Not in traffic. <laughs> When somebody cuts you down, James says, you're not to cut people down. Don't speak against your, brother, your, brother, your brothers and sisters of the Lord. This is so contrary to who you are. If we're people of God, we ought to resemble what God's like, amen? 
If the goal is maturity in God, the goal is Christ-likeness, which means more and more. See, we're Christians, right? If, we're, if you're believing in Jesus, you're Christians, which means you're a little Jesus, basically. Which basically, you're trying to resemble him, which means you're following him. Jesus says, follow me. Which means you begin to walk like he walks, right? You have you take on his humility. You take on his love. You take on his grace. You, you begin to, and no, we're not perfect, obviously, right? I make mistakes. I, I say things that hurt people, and I regret it. But James says, don't speak against one another because that's contrary to who God is, amen? If I just got through telling you that, that Jesus Christ is the one who, who he'll builds, who heals with his words, he heals, with, of course, with, through his wounds on the cross, he restores those, those who have fallen away, he restores. See, some people have, have drifted, excuse me, see, I'm about to tip that over, have drifted away, right? He's the one who walks them, he's come on home, come on home. What, with open arms like that. He says, if anyone comes to me, I will no way turn them away. Even the most vilest of sinners, if they repent, Jesus Christ says, come to me. See, he's the only way to heaven. He's the only way to the Father. That's it, right? Our, our lives will be short, right? Like a vapor. Ecclesiastes says, vanity of vanities. Hebrew word, it means to, to be a vapor, like, a, like, like the steam coming out of your steam. It's, there it's gone, right? That's our life. And everything in life is, is meant to bring us to the, the point of repentance and say, Jesus, you're Lord. I, I, I want, you give me life, your life. Guess what? The life we have is from him. So when James says, don't criticize, this is so contrary to who God is, Right? That's not God. He who speaks against, he says, who speaks against the law speaks against um, the law revealed, revealed the heart of God. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm so excited. I don't know about you guys. I had coffee and I had you know, a, a caffeinated thing. So I'm, anyway, we're having fun now. Okay, so he says in verse 11, don't speak against one another. Don't speak down. That means to criticize. That means to tear somebody down to make you look better. I like her, but... Right? I think that the agreement is great, but, but you know... Right? There's always that, that but part, right? We have to, you know, knock them down and not to make you look better, right? That's what James is saying. Mm-mm. That's not in the heart of God. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Right? He says, you're not to, to speak against your neighbor, your brother. You're supposed to be brothers and sisters. Why is it that we have such, may, I'm not saying, not, not in our church. <laughs> of course not, not in our church. But friendly fire. Unfriendly fire, let's say, where we shoot one another. And James says, you're not supposed to, we're supposed to be, in fact, this three or four times, he says, brethren, 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 sisterin, right? Brothers and sisters. Do not speak against one of their brethren. He who speaks against their brother or sister judges his brother or sister, right? We're family. We're not supposed to shoot ourselves. That's not the heart of God. That's contrary to the heart of God, isn't it? James, James says, don't tear somebody else down to make yourself look good. Now what does James not mean? He's not speaking against making a good assessment of, of, of the situation of a person, right? He's not, he's not saying, now don't just turn your brain off and don't assess if something's right or wrong. He's not saying that. You know, Jesus, 
in, in John chapter 7, um, they had a hard time about Jesus. And of course, you know, he's the carpenter's son, where to get his words. And, and then, of course, he, they, they challenged him. He said, well, you're, you know, you're just teaching bad stuff. And Jesus, like, I'm paraphrasing, um, in John 7, 24, he says, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with a righteous judgment. There is a place for making assessments, right? There is a place for making discernments. It's good to discern. Am I preaching the truth? Be like a Berean, the book of Acts. Go back home and check your scriptures and check it out. And they did that. That was good. And Paul says, write on Bereans. Don't just listen and just soak it in. You know, study and, and you know, and, and, uh, and it's good to, to even call out sin. Paul does that in 1 Corinthians 5 where some guy is li- sleeping with his stepmom. That's gross, right? That's gross. One thing I love about Scripture is that it's, it's honest, right? That's, you know, he's like, it's actually reported that there is immorality among you and immorality is such that doesn't even exist among the Gentiles. We're in the church and the Gentiles, do they have higher standards than, we, than you guys do, Corinthians. And someone has his father's wife. And here's what, let me just read what Paul says. You have become arrogant and have not more than said so that the one who has done this would, did, would be removed. You guys need to re- take him out. Re- kick him out. Kick him out. You know, a little, a little love and leaven's a lump of dough, he'll let us on. Then he says this, For I on my part, though absent in the body, but president in spirit, not president, present. Present, slow down. Am I talking too fast? Thanks, Mom. Okay. That was, that was a good assessment. See, that wasn't critical. That, I, I received that, okay? If he knows me, right. <laughs> Listen to your mom, right? For I, uh, on my part, though absent in the body and present in spirit, present in spirit, have already what? Wait, you're not supposed to judge. That's the one verse that everybody knows, right? Like, if you don't, like no other verses, don't judge. Like, that word judge is the word crino. It means to, in, in the context of Jesus, it's to like condemn to criticize, right? To be critical. Some of us have, have a critical spirit and some of us have been recipients of a critical spirit. We'll talk about that in a second. I've already judged him. And he says, when you're assembled in, in the name of the Lord Jesus, uh, I with you in spirit and the power of the Lord Jesus, I've decided to deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so that his spirit may be saved. Ouch. But Paul makes a good, so James is not saying you're not allowed to do that. Now, you have to be careful, of course. Jesus says, be careful of, of trying to take some, a speck out of somebody's eye. I think in Matthew, was it Matthew 7? I might not say. Matthew, log speck, Matthew 7. Be careful of, of trying to be a, a speck inspector. When you've got this beam in your eye, it's supposed to be funny. Imagine somebody with a beam, a log in their eye. Hey, brother, sister, let me help you with the, let me help you with the speck. I mean, I mean, boom, you know, you're, wait a second, Jesus says, take care of the log out of your eye, and then you'll be in a better place, you'll, better, you'll have better, clearer vision to remove the little speck. See, sometimes we're, we're speck inspectors, all right? And James, uh, John, uh, James is like, he's not talking about not being, but he's like, be careful, Right? If you're blind to your own log, you have no place to call out their speck. So James 
is not saying we can't make assessments, we can't, of course, yes. Be smart, be wise. But what he does say is you're not to speak down and be critical in a derogatory matter to cut somebody else down for your glorification. That's unchristlike. It's unchristian. Our words ought to be gracious. Speak the truth with what? With love. Sometimes we're just so about the truth that the love part doesn't even come. You know, not all, some people. Not you, Nick. <laughs> You're very gracious. Um, in the scripture, in fact, uh, in fact, the scripture, this idea of being, like Marion and, 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 and Moses spoke against Moses, or Marion and Aaron spoke against Moses, and, they, and the people of Israel spoke against God in the wilderness, and, and Job's friends spoke against him, and guess what? None of them were helpful, right? And James says, you're not to speak against your brother for he who speaks against a brother judges it or judges his brother. Speaks against the law. Look at uh, verse 11, B or C, right? Speaks against, what law is he talking about? Well, earlier in the book, he's talking about what's called the law of liberty or the law of love, which is love your neighbor as yourself. Go to, go to Leviticus chapter 19. I want to show you something, okay? Leviticus 19. This is cool. It's a beautiful day outside. I think, right? How many of you guys are not ready for summer? Yeah. Mm-mm. Let's keep it this way, like, all year long. If we just add an ocean, we'll be called San Diego. All right, Leviticus 19. Watch this. Uh, uh, da, 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 let's see. Harvest your land, verse 9. Leave, leave some from the corners for the people. Don't steal. Don't lie. To, verse 11, don't lie to one another. This is how treated people, right? Verse 13, you shall not oppress your neighbor or rob him. James actually pulls a lot from the Sermon on the Mount. He's also pulling some from Leviticus here. Watch this. Verse 15, you shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor nor to fear to the great. James talked about the earlier in chapter, what, one or two. Uh, but you are to judge your neighbor fairly, make proper assessments. You shall not go about as a what? Slanderer. A slanderer. You know, when you slander, it's often when somebody's not there, right? Yep. It's always when somebody's not there, <laughs> you know? It's, one, it's like you're talking about a body on their back. And slander is slithery. It just comes out. I've been, I've been guilty of that. Talking about, and also, I'm not just like, well, blah, 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 blah. I cut them down, right? I cut down their character. I demean them. I didn't mean to, but it just comes out. You're not to slander, you're you're not to go about as a slanderer among your people. You're not to act against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate, just pay attention to the context here. You shall not hate your fellow countrymen in your heart. You You may surely reprove your neighbor. Okay, there it is. There is the correct assessment, right? And say, hey, you know, we're going the wrong way. You know, you're, not ter- you're not attacking their character. You shall, you may surely reprove your neighbor, but you shall not incur the sin of him because of him. Skip on down. 
Don't bear a grudge, but you show what? Love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So James is pulling from this. The idea, the context is the same. Watch what you say. Go back to James. Chapter 4. Now when you speak against the law, you're speaking against that law, the law of love. And you're saying, and, and James says, you become a judge of, it, judge of it. Which means that you're deciding which laws are worthy to obey or not. And when you're criticizing being slanderous, you're deciding not to obey the law of love. Which means you're putting yourself a higher than the law. He says you become a judge of the law. Well, then now, now, you're, now you're infringing on, on God's territory because he says there's only one lawgiver and judge. That's God himself. See, when we slander, of course, the problem with slander is there's three, there's three problems with slander. I mean, first of all, it causes great wounds, doesn't it, you know? And what, let's talk about when it's, it's, slander is, uh, it, it's, it wounds, it critically wounds. Critical words critically wound, Right? Critical words critically wound, and our words have power beyond our, our understanding. And sometimes we just shoot off and just say things, and then just cut somebody down, and they injure the soul, and, and somebody with a crushed spirit is so hard to, it's hard to get. You know what it takes for, if you have a crushed spirit, it takes God's gracious words, God's healing words, God's good words to, to bring healing, Right? And we have the potential to be like Jesus in speaking kind, gracious, loving words, right? But critical words critically wound. To defame a person, their character, reputation is the opposite of love. Most of the time, it's uninformed. It's based on feelings. It's based on hearsay, right? God has perfect knowledge, but he doesn't criticize. He corrects. So the difference between correction and critical, correction is for healing, right? Correction is for help. Criticism is to tear somebody down, right? Lord. Critical words are often biased. They don't know the facts. It's based on a headline. It's based on, you know, appearances. And slander and criticism can destroy Criticism is damaging. It causes deep wounds. Destroys friendships. Proverbs says, a perverse man spreads strife and a slanderer separates intimate friends. And James says, it is, it's hurtful. The words of a slanderer, of a critic, go down deep. You speak certain things. They go down and it says, Proverbs says, the words of a whisperer are like dainty morsels they go down to the innermost parts of the body. They get deeply rooted into something and they affect how you see that other person. They can destroy people. With his mouth, the godless man destroys his neighbor, but through knowledge of the righteous will be delivered. I can go, I can there's probably like a whole bunch of proverbs I can read about this. And we know this, you know, we this is not this is not new. Um, so criticism causes harm, it critically wounds. And secondly, of course, criticism is contrary to the heart of God, as I said before. It's so contrary. That's why I, that's why I start off with what God's like. Because if we have a picture of who God is like, and for us to say words that are slanderous and critical it's so contrary to who he is it all be like whoa where did that come? that's not from the lord 
Again, it doesn't mean we can't bring correction. It doesn't mean we can't bring proper you know, calling out sin. But you know something? Here's the difference. Here's, here's how you can tell the difference. When you call out sin in somebody, Matthew 18 says, go to them in private, right? Uh, or if you catch somebody, uh, go to Galatians 6. Go to Galatians 6. Go to Galatians 6. Here's the difference. Watch this. Galatians 6. You guys tracking with me so far? Good, because I hope I was tracking with me too. <laughs> so, because <laughs> like, Lord, okay. Watch this. Galatians 6 1. Brethren. Galatians 6 1. Brethren, even if one, this verse 1, Galatians 6 1. Even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore. There it is. The goal is restoration. The slander critical person doesn't have that goal. It's to tear that person down. It's to, make, it's to demean them, make them look worse. But the goal in, in proactive correction is restoration. Restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. Here's the other thing. When you go and you correct somebody, you also, and having the right power of restoring them because you want the best for them, you also are aware of your own frailties. You come with humility realizing, Hey, brother, this is, this is not right, what you're doing, what you're into. And I know I, I'm not perfect, and I know, you know, you go in with a spirit of, of gentleness. It's really hard to touch upon people's nerves, right? It's, it's hard to, to hit people in their sensitive areas, right? You've got to be really, really careful because you don't want to damage them. You, want, you don't want to, you want them to, to lead them to Christ, you know? And sometimes what you see is not what's really going on. It's, there's things going on below, below the surface, right? You see what you see, and you make judgments on what you see. You say, well, that person doesn't care. That person is this, that, and the other, you know? And you make these judgments, then beyond the surface, below the surface is something you, really, you don't really know what's going on. Okay, so there's more. That you haven't walked in their shoes, right? So you, you come with, with humility and, gen, and, and gentleness and... and um, I was reading a, one of my commentaries, and it was uh, Chuck Swindoll. You guys know Chuck Swindoll? Oh, yeah. Okay. He's probably retired now, but he was sharing how he was in seminary years ago, and they had this guest missionary be a guest preacher at their chapel or class or something, and he didn't go, do a good job. He was, like, not good at all. And, he, and Chuck and his, his friends are, like, back there, and he's cutting the guy down, you know, like, you know, like that, you know. And one of the other students heard him doing this, and he said, do you realize this, that this missionary, like his, his son just died a few weeks ago or a few days ago, and his, his wife just found out that she had terminal cancer, and yet he still came to speak? You know, see, he saw above the surface was not a great teaching time. Below the surface, this guy's trying to hold it together. You know? How many times... Are we so quick? I always want to find what's going, what's really going on. Why is this person acting out? Why is this? I remember when I was a kid, there was a um, a, a classmate of mine that was um, he was a he was a jerk. <laughs> I'll just be honest. He um, he wasn't he was uh, he was just not a good he was not nice, and and so you know I probably judged him and other people. But then I found out. Um, his mama died, and his dad was a drunk. 
and he had to basically raise himself. He had to basically, you know, and he's trying to all it together. And of course, I'm like, now I look back and I'm like, what a jerk I am just for judging him. The guy, but you don't know what's going on beneath the surface. Right? To me, I always want, what does 1 Corinthians say? Loves, love believes all things, hopes all things, right? Endures all things. That's the difference between criticism versus holy correction, let's say, you know? And a lot of us have the stuff that's going on on here. And thank God that he is... I love the fact that James... Oh, I lost my book here. lost my Bible. Watch this. Watch this. Go, to, go back to James. You guys with me? Go back to James. Okay. Watch this. So criticism is bad because it critically wounds, right? Criticism is bad because it's contrary to the heart of God. Amen? Watch this. In fact, when he says in verse 11 that he who speaks against the law judges the law, that law is given by God. That law is, okay, when he says, you know, don't steal, what God is trying to say is do good to your neighbor, right? When he says don't commit adultery, well, honor his marriage, right? He's trying to teach you and part of the law reveals the character of God, right? The law is good. Now, none of us can keep the law, right, without God's help. But the heart of God is revealed through the law, right? And watch this. Watch this. Look at verse 12. There's only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. Watch this. In a critical mind, the only option is to destroy. That's, in a critical mind, that's all it is. I'm, I'm not saying critical like critical thinking, like being smart, but I'm saying with slanderous speech and that kind, the only option to them is to destroy. I got, I got dirt on that person, I'm going to destroy them, right? But watch this. Remember, God is perfect in knowledge, isn't he? He's all-knowing even the dirt. He's all wise. He's also righteous. He's perfect in righteousness. He's perfect in wisdom. And yet, despite the fact that God knows all the dirt, he still chooses to be merciful and gracious, doesn't he? Amen? See, God, us, with our imperfect knowledge, are quick to criticize. God, with his perfect knowledge, has the option, I get to save I get to save. You guys didn't get that, did you? God is perfect in knowledge, perfect in wisdom, perfect in love. He's perfect in all these perfections, in righteousness and goodness, and yet he still chooses to save. Even though he knows all the dirt, he chooses to save. He chooses to show mercy. He chooses to, be, chooses to be gracious. Moses says, I want to see your glory. God says, I will show you my afterglow. And when I'm doing that, I'm going to proclaim my goodness before you. God, compassionate, gracious, full of mercy, right? Long-suffering. That's how God begins the description of himself. He doesn't start with criticalness. He starts with his compassion or mercy. Criticism is contrary to the heart of God. 
Slander and criticism just contradicts the heart of God. The compassion of God reveals his heart. And criticism, thirdly, I got three points, is that criticism is contrary to the call for the Christian. We're not called to be that. We're, we're called to a higher level of living, right? Anyone can criticize. Very few people can say, I'm going to be gracious. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give correction in private for healing, but I'm going to be gracious. I'm going to think the best. I'm going to hope the best. I'm going to pray for them. That, that guy must be having a hard time. He's really, he's really, and, she's, and she must be, I wonder what's going on in her life. I wonder what she's really trying to manage. She's showing me one thing, but I know there's something going on. I want to know what the heart of the, that's what James is t- saying. Hey, when you criticize, it's contrary to the, to the call of God in your life. That's why he says, speak the truth in love. Is this helpful? Yeah. Let it be, Lord, that the words, that the, that the meditation of my, my, is it heart or mind? Heart. That's where the words come from. Jesus says the words come your, from your heart, right? From your heart becomes murderous thoughts and evil intent and slander, criticism. Let the words, let the thoughts, my, I'm, I'm, I lost my train of thought. Let the words, my, my mouth, and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, right? Psalm 15 says, O Lord, who may abide in your, in your tent? Who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks with integrity and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart and does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend. There's that connection there, right? Let us be a people that are like Jesus where they're wondering about the gracious words falling from our mouth. Let us give, yes, accurate assessment. Call out sin, of course. But when somebody, you're not, let us be about a people that that is more about building people up than tearing people down. Let God, James says, he finishes the verse. There's only one lawgiver and judge. Who's that? He's able to save and destroy. Even he has that salvation option. But who are you to judge? Who are you? God says, you're, <laughs> that's, that's in my domain, not your domain. I don't call you to criticize and slander. I call you to walk in truth, to speak the truth of love, to follow me in humility, And if you have done what James has said in verse 10, humble yourselves before God, right? If you're walking in humility like this, if you're walking in humility in your heart, you have no desire to tear people down. You're already down as it is, right? You're already in a place of, Lord, help me, the sinner, right? Let us be a people that speak the truth of love, and with grace, and, f- and let the Lord be the judge. Let the Lord do what he's going to do. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you that every word is inspired. Every word is from you, God. And thank you, Lord, that you are a kind and gracious and good God. Yes, you know our wicked thoughts, Lord. You know when 
when that slander comes out slippery like a snake or something, Lord, and, and you know, Lord, our weaknesses and our frailties, Lord, but yet you are still a God who brings salvation even to the worst of us, Lord. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here or watching online who has been damaged by criticism, that the wounds that they carry, Lord, I pray that, that you would begin a healing in their life, Lord. And let us fill our hearts with, with praise, fill our hearts with truth and with love so that we can speak kindly to one another, especially among believers, Lord. Help us to give the benefit of the doubt. Help us to pray for people and to, to be long-suffering and not quick to judge. Let us leave judgment to you, God. If you are a righteous and good judge in your wonderful Savior, Lord, thank you, Lord, that you're not critical at all, Lord. You're kind, you're good, you're righteous. And we look to you, Lord, that you would build us up to maturity in Christ, that there would be something different about we, how we talk that non-believers and even fellow believers would know us, hey, what about those gracious words coming from their mouths? Purify our hearts, Lord God. We want to glorify you. We give you praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys are great. Why don't you stand up? Two verses. <laughs> Yeah, just got to follow it, right? Oh, God is so good. Hey, so today after church, come over to our place for lunch. We got make your own burritos. We got chicken and beef and other beans and rice and all that kind of stuff, right? And then we're going to prepare the blessing bags for the homeless, which means we have a lot of stuff we brought and we're going to assemble uh, a bunch of bags. And then what we do is after we're done is you'll take a bunch home with you. And as you see people, you know, on the street or something, you can hand them out to them and they'll have all kinds of cool stuff. And so uh, let me just uh, pronounce a blessing. On, uh, as, um, this is from um, Moses told Aaron to bless the people, to place God's name on them. And he says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in Jesus' name. Hey, we guys have a blessed Sunday. I'll see you guys next time, okay? <laughs>